I am who I am, take it or leave it, right? And I think in my 20s, I was so caught up in being liked by everybody mm. all of the time. And with that, if there's rejection, I took it all very, very yeah, personally. personally. It's like, oh, I'm a bad person. And the reality is n there are going to be some people who don't like you. There are going to yes. be some people who don't like me. They might not gel with me. They might not gel with you. That's okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're not a good person, a nice person, an interesting person. So I think that's what I would take back. Yeah, a greater sense of... I am who you I am. You are who you are. And actually, with that, I am who I am. That's something now. This is who I am. What you see is what you get. Welcome to Aging with Grace, mostly disgracefully, with me, Grace Fodor. It's the show for women in midlife who are unapologetically neither over the hill nor invisible. Nobody puts baby in the corner. In each episode, Katie and I have honest and inspirational conversations that challenge the status quo and reframe outdated stereotypes. We're celebrating age, wearing it loudly and proudly with real topics, fresh perspectives and total transparency. No subject is taboo. In episode three of Aging with Grace, mostly disgracefully with me Grace Fodor marriage and midlife relationships we'll be discussing how the idea of love changes as we get older love it leave it or reinvent it welcome everybody here we are again aging with Grace our weekly live show or disgracefully, as we like to say. I think we're both going to grow old yeah. disgracefully. A little bit. It's a nice fine balance. No, I'm going completely disgracefully. Oh, yeah, 100% <laughs> disgracefully. Um, so this week's show is all about reinventing yourself um, as you age, as you mature. When I wrote my article, I was really thinking about it. You know, if you think about your 20s, and I've got, you know, a daughter who's 22, and I look back to my 20s, it's all about self-discovery mm -hmm. isn't it and experimenting and then in your 30s I got married in my 30s had my children two of my children in my 30s and that's very much about making choices and commitments yeah. 40s I kind of sort of feel and it sounds quite negative but 40s is the sort of about the obligation. Well, you're sort of carrying on with the decisions that you made in and your 30s or your earlier years in your 40s you're sort of just following them through. Yeah. Yeah. And it's more, it's like the obligation, isn't it? Mm. Of, and being there for everybody and, yeah. you know, and not so much about you, but everybody else. And then I was, you know, 50s, I was thinking, you're sort of, whether you've got children leaving home, careers changing, or you might be starting a career, there's this sense of sort of freedom, isn't there? Mm. And, and possibility. And when I hit my 50s, I wrote another article about midlife crisis, because I think part of it is you start thinking about your life, your dreams, your ambitions. Who am I? Who have I become? Who do I want to be? Who do I want to be? And it's almost like going back into your 20s. And it's about self-discovery again. But the big difference is in your 20s, everything's ahead of you, isn't it? Yeah. In your 50s, you've got less time ahead of you. So that sort of 
play. So for me, this reinvention or this midlife, not midlife crisis, I no, hate that because it's so yes, negative, it's but midlife choices where you can understand a little bit more about who you are, what you want, what your needs are, what your desires, your ambitions, and almost rediscover. Maybe it's rediscover yourself rather than reinvent, reinvent yourself. yourself. Yeah, and potentially I've, I've seen quite a few people say it's actually... You, it's a time when you can become the person that in a way you should always have been. But maybe life got in the way earlier on or, you know, you decided you wanted children or you decided you didn't want children. So life maybe, I'm not going to say stopped you becoming the person because you've always been the person you should be at that time in your life. But I have read so many times that it's a chance for you to become the person that you really want to be and the person you want to be now. But one thing I am going to say, because I was talking to people in the hairdressers earlier today. Yes, you did. Whilst, well, whilst, whilst I was there, I thought, right, I'm doing this show later and um, I'm going to like speak to people about it. And one thing um, that came up was, yes, it can be this time, but it totally comes down to your mindset. 100%. Which is, is the same throughout life. You know, this is not yeah. exclusive to your 50s or your 40s or whatever, because... Obviously, and this is what we're constantly trying to fight against, there is this negative aspect to this age yeah. that we're all going to go, ooh. Yeah, over the hill, yeah. past it, past give it. up. Don't start yeah. anything now. Oh, you know, you're on, you're on the slow decline. Yeah. So I think there may be people watching or listening that might think, I don't actually feel that way, Grace. I don't feel like this is a time to be reinvented. I feel this is a time when I'm actually sort of, withdrawing or feeling invisible or whatever so yeah. I'd like, maybe we can talk about that as we get into this yeah it's interesting and I wonder whether you have to have I've got a really good girlfriend of mine who's a psychotherapist and she works a lot with women middle-aged women women going through menopause and she was saying there's sort of two halves of this age one is where physically your body's changing, your energy levels are mm -hmm. changing, your hormones are changing, then you hit menopause, or you're, you know, if, even if you're exercising, you're like, oh, my knee hurts, yeah, or, you know, Dodgy sometimes knee. in the winter, my, my, I can feel like I'm gonna get rheumatoid arthritis, or, so your body starts slowing down and changing. There is a lot of physical negativity. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the other side of that, which we've talked about, that pro-age, anti-age, this sort of ages society where, Age doesn't have that value. It's not associated with youth. Yeah. Um, beauty's not associated with age mm -hmm. or vitality or it's a negative and that can impact your yeah. confidence. So if you're feeling invisible or you're not as confident or feeling not catered for because of your age or not just feeling attractive you're not going to have a true sense yes. of agency, are you? You're not going to say, you know what, I've hit I my 50s, this. I'm owning it, exactly. this is about me now. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's a mindset and I think the opportunities are there. I think the possibility, yeah. I think the opportunities, we all have the ability, yeah. but it takes hard work. And that hard work, I think, is overcoming the negative rhetoric and the self-doubt. And I think women, we are our worst critics, aren't we? Mm -hmm. We will say, I can't do that. Yeah. Not able to do that. Yeah. Or oh, there's no point me doing, it's not about me, it's about the kids or family or husband or partner or parents. Or And actually saying, 
it is about me. Mm. And you know what? I matter. And my friend psychotherapist, she, the work that she does, she says it's really important women into their middle age, into their 50s, say, I, I matter. matter. Right. I'm important and I matter. I think if you were to ask me right now, I think, I mean, I've not hit my 50s yet, so I am speaking to someone in their late 40s. I think it totally depends on the day because I will have days where I go, I am so excited. I think this is a great time. And and I absolutely 100% believe this. This is a great time of life. And I'm setting up a newsletter and I'm doing this with you. And I'm doing lots of really exciting things. And then there are other days where I go, I don't think I want to do that, actually. I think I'd quite like to just sit on my settee (laughs) and just, just, just... have a little nap. Have a little nana nap. <laughs> and I think, and I think that, that's just me, as always, being really honest, that I do think this is a perfect time to come into our own. But I think realistically, we also have to know that we like having a bedtime sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> we like to have quiet days. That's, I'm talking me personally, obviously. So I, 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 I get that because I sometimes... I think about this quite quite a lot and I wonder whether it's much more volatile and it's much more a roller coaster. So I go back to when I'm in my 20s and 30s. I was always really positive, can-do attitude. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to make it happen. There was no, I mean, I there was no um, like belief that I wouldn't achieve those things. But I didn't have life experiences where I had loss or yes. pain yeah. or devastation or, or failure, or, failure yeah. or all those sort of things. And I wonder when you get into your 40s and 50s, there is a realism and a reality to life. And you know what? Life is really, really hard. It's got a lot of pain, a lot of sorrow, a lot of devastation, mm. desperation, imposter syndrome, all those things. So... When you're up, you're really up. Yeah. But when you come down, you've got to work. There are days you've got I to feel fight this... against yes. previous experience. Yeah. What what oh God, what did I read the other day? It's some um middle age is something along the lines of where hope has to triumph experience. Absolutely. To have a positive Because if you age. focused on the experience and the experience of life. And we do have a negative bias. It goes back to our survival Wait, instinct because otherwise we'd be eaten. Yes. So that negative bias and then like the experience creates a, a negative rhetoric and it just pulls you down. Yeah. And women, I just think the talk, our self-talk is so bad. Yes. We put ourselves under so much pressure and we tell ourselves you can't do that mm-hmm. or no. It's like, you'd um, never say that to a friend. Would it, why would anyone want to listen to you? Or why would anyone want yeah. to see you? Why, why should you do that? I've been, uh, as we've talked about, I have been my own worst self-critic this year, worse than I have yeah. ever been. I literally just had a month where I was like the evil bitch from hell, came and camped out on my shoulder and basically trashed my self-confidence and my self-esteem. Yeah. All down to me. Yeah. I mean, how ridiculous. And, you, and if I felt say, the same and I was having that conversation, you'd be going, yeah, you know, exactly. Grace, come on, blah, 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 blah. I would blah, never blah. say that to you. Exactly. But ever. we don't do it to ourselves. And I, you know, obviously lockdown and everybody has different 
life experiences and pressures and things going on. So I've had my own little crisis, not from a confidence perspective, but just some really big, life you know, we things. had a really sad loss in the family, yeah. um, a big move, uh, separation after 22 years, all this sort of stuff. So it wasn't a confidence thing, but it was a negativity that I'm not, it, it, I can't explain it. It's almost an anxiety and a sense of panic that I'm not going to be able to get through it. Now, the one thing that age has given yeah. me is an understanding and a reality. Whatever life throws at me, I have always got yes, through it and I've definitely. always come out the other side. Yeah. So it was like, Grace, you know this and you've been through a lot worse in your life, but you've picked yourself up and you kept going, you've come through it. But it is that negative rhetoric yeah. pulling you down. So I feel such a big part of it is mindset and Absolutely. you have to work really hard yeah. at it, don't to, you? To me, I always describe it like um, exercise. So we're both into exercise. We know if we want to be the, the best possible people that we can be, we have to exercise, whatever that exercise is. But it's something that you have to frequently do. Yeah. For me, that's the same with your mindset. Yeah. So as we've said, naturally, our brains defer to the negative. It was to help us survive from those saber-toothed tigers and whatever else was <laughs> going to get us. They're no longer there, but our brain still thinks they are. We've got to exercise, exercise those positivity muscles. So, Absolutely. So I don't want this to turn into a, it's a negative thing. I just know that we have to be aware that our brains will default at times to the negative, whether that's life experience or whatever, mm. that we, as women, and particularly of our age, we've got to fight. We have to work against this on a day. So we have to exercise those muscles. Totally, totally yeah. agree. And sometimes it's the, it's the fear of something because you play out the fear, don't yeah. you? And I've, I'm moving in a couple of weeks and trying to find a house in this market post-COVID has been an absolute nightmare. And this negative rhetoric and fear in my mind is I am going to be homeless. I'm not going to be able to find anywhere to live, to house my children and my dog and my cat, and I'm going to be homeless. Well, I'm not going yes. to be homeless, but yes. in my head and in I my know. mind, I was going to be homeless, which is a really extreme, outrageous thought. But also it then drives the emotion. Yeah. So it's driving this emotion where I'm, I'm feeling worried in my stomach because I carry stress and anxiety yes, in my stomach. That's me too. So going back to the sort of exercising, and you're right, it's like a muscle mm. and that sort of positivity. And there are little things that I do. Yeah. And one is I tell myself every single morning because I can be overwhelmed. There's a lot going on with Studio 10 and it's exciting as well. But I say to myself every single morning, one step in front. And you all only need to worry about the step that you're taking. Yeah. Don't play out three months or six months or nine months because you can't really control that. No. And, and the things other, will have changed before those three months arrive And things would have anyway. changed. And I think that sort of the negative rhetoric, which sort of goes back to what you said a second ago, was it's when you lose hope yeah. and faith because negativity strips you, it robs you of those things. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have hope, and then the other thing that I do, because I wake up early, I'm quite disciplined. I like to wake up early. I found myself getting into this routine 
I was getting up at 6.30 and I was like, I'll start working. Before the kids get up, I'll start working. Hoping I'd get through the day and then I might finish earlier to maybe go to the gym or walk the dog and stuff. And actually what happened is I didn't. I ended up working all the time. So I said, right, when I wake up, the first thing I'm going to do is walk the dog. Right. So I make myself a cup of tea, I walk the dog. And that sets me up for the day. And I know it sounds... I don't know, it sounds probably a bit overly spiritual and stuff, but being outside, feeling the weather, whether it's the sun shining, the wind blowing, you are connecting with nature and it does ground you. And it's me time, it's my time. I do that. I do positive mantras. I used to do affirmations, like every day I've got a big affirmation on my fridge. But I just tell myself one step front of the other and that's all you need to worry about and you will get through this so don't create stress and anxiety and fear and panic because that's not actually going to help if anything it makes it worse for you doesn't it of course it does because when you're emotional your brain doesn't think straight yeah and we need our brain to think straight to get us through the day and I mean I don't have the life that you have I'm not running my own business. And yet I can wake up in the morning and be overwhelmed by what I need to do. So I'm always in absolute admiration of like people who are running a business as well as doing everything else that I have to do. So I think it's all about just finding what works for you. So I've been reading a lot about this and I've been talking to people, whether on social media or friends, and we've all got our different things. So I like to get up and the first thing that I tend to do after I've lay in bed for a little while because I'm not very good at responding to that alarm I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely like no I love my bed I really love my bed so once I've like had that conversation with myself like it's time to go up I exercise and you, yeah. it's not it's not um a big long session it's normally about 20-25 minutes um and I do that most mornings and if I don't do that at home I walk the dog yeah and I think having that half an hour um, if I walk the dog, it might be a bit lo- a bit longer. At the start of a day, just gives you time to actually calm your mind down. So, um, and I know someone else who, my friend who set up her own business a couple of week- weeks ago, a couple of years ago, she's now getting up and she's journaling. So that's working for her. Yeah. You know, she literally writes down her thoughts, so gets the jumble jumble it's... jumble out and gets that down. So when that sort of feeling of being overwhelmed and to-do lists, and of course, I did, once again, this is gross generalisations, but I think women are very good at to-do lists and things they need to do and they're multitasking and we're, we're web thinkers, so we're thinking about five different things yeah. at the same time. We're not as super, super oh, focused. Is, is super it's like laser-focused. I yeah. need to do this and I'm not doing any, anything yes. else until that's finished. But, like, but we have so yeah. many pulls on us. So... What happens when you get into that state? You get a big rush of cortisol, don't you? Which is your stress hormone. Yes. It's your, your fight and flight hormone. So all of that's running through. Can I just say, because I'm reading a book at the moment, that's really bad for your skin. Cortisol. You do not want cortisol. It's bad for every well, it part is. of you. But as I'm like looking after my skin, I'm like, 100%. Right, okay, I'm going to be zen at yeah, all yeah. times. <laughs> cortisol is your stress hormone and it yeah. is so damaging yeah. physically, mentally, emotionally. So if you carve a little bit of time out whether that's you doing exercise whether that's me walking the dog whether that's your friend journaling what it does and for other people there's a couple of mornings I sometimes will do meditation like a 10 minute meditation it just brings you down like that yeah 
So you're more able to then deal to with, the, deal rest with the, the rest of the day. Absolutely. But what's interesting, because, you know, we're, we both love exercise. Mm. My 22-year-old, she exercises in the morning. She gets up, she exercises, she loves it. When I get up in the morning, I can't think of anything <laughs> worse <laughs> as exercising. I need like three <laughs> pints of tea, but I like to exercise at the end of the day. You see that? Oh, so no, I'd six like, o'clock, half no. five, six o'clock, half six. And mm. she's like, oh, I don't know how. Yeah, I just me. don't have the energy. But I, it gives me, a, it releases any... It brings me down day. and yeah. tension from the day. And then it gives me a big energy boost. So it's really funny yeah. how... But that's the thing. I, I think we've all got to be really... That's why I was trying to, like, demonstrate a few different ways. For anyone listening, Yeah, it's a bit like most of our conversations. There is no one-size-fits-all. But there is an answer for everyone. You know, where, and, and for some people, that will be get up and start working. Like, my husband, mm. he's a terrible insomniac, essentially, and he will wake up any time after 3 a.m. Oh, and um, it used to really stress him out and it used to um, really upset the rest of his day. And he's just got used to it. This is his life right it's now. It's his flow. And so he, he, instead of getting stresses, getting, getting stressed, he now often gets his phone out. And I go, what are you doing getting your phone out at 3 a.m.? It's the worst thing you can do. That blue light's going to keep you awake, blah, blah, blah. He actually, he's written websites during that time. He's written emails. He's mm. done that. And then quite often, he'll go back to sleep. Maybe yeah. for another couple of hours, like from five to seven or something. But he's actually worked a way to make that time work for him. Yeah. That would be absolute hell to me. Yeah. That is my idea of hell, working at 3 a.m. But it's now working for him. I think that's the thing. It's like you get your rhythm mm -hmm. and your flow. And talking about like reinventing... I don't like the word reinventing because it's no, almost let's, let's, as... I think it's rediscovering or redefining re, or um, rediscovering. But it's not discovering who you were. It's discovering who, who you, are, you now. are now. Absolutely. And then, more importantly, where you're going. Yeah. What are your dreams? What are your ambitions? What, what values? Because it, it changes. It's organic, isn't it? And it changes... And also, I think we deserve, deserve that. So, you know, the negative part of us will be going, oh, it's not, you know, yeah. who cares about ambition and desire and dreams? You're too old for any yes. of that. Yeah. Well, actually, you're not. You're not. You've got you half never your are. life you've got still to go. Yeah, well, I think the research says we will live till... On average, 82, but yeah. I was listening to some programmes and they were saying, quite realistically, it's going to be mid-90s, late-90s. That's a lot of life ahead of you. That's, you know, I'm, suddenly. I'm not very good at maths, but I'm trying to work out. <laughs> I might even have more to go than I've already had, so hallelujah. <laughs> I think I've probably, I've got less ahead, but I've still got... A I think it time. was Jane Fonda did a brilliant TED talk on this and she was talking about the third chapter. Right. It's like a big, and a chapter's a big, it's not a couple of pages, you've yeah. got a whole chapter of, yeah. chapter of life. So, and would you rip the, that last page out of a book? You wouldn't, would you? You wouldn't go, oh, yeah, you know, like, you wouldn't. You want that last cha chapter of your book. It's one of the most important chapters. I read a brilliant yeah. article talking about like self-discovery and adventure and, you know, and it was saying about how many, like, women now are 
wanting adventure, going on holidays, going on solo holidays. Got two really good girlfriends, both kids grown up, leaving home, both in their sort of mid-50s. And next year, they're planning to go away for three months. Really? They're traveling for three months. They've got their daughters joining them for part of the trip. And I was like, yeah. that would never have happened in my mother's generation. Absolutely. They just wouldn't consider it. It wasn't an option. And it wasn't even acceptable. If my mum said, right, oh, I'm gosh, off yeah. for three months, my oh. father would be, it just yes. wouldn't. Whereas yeah. now, I do think the possibilities and the opportunities are endless, but it does take us to put our hands up and go, I'm going to do this. You've got to be brave. Got to be brave. Got to be brave. What, what, did I, what, what, what we, have we learned now that we take back to our 20s? Yeah, yeah. In I your think middle, the yes. first thing I, ah. I always say, I always say, I wouldn't go back to my 20s, even if I had the chance. However, the thought of going back to my 20s with this brain, this knowledge, this what I've learned in the following 20 years, I probably would. And I'm going to go with a really vain thing to start with, which is just wear SPF. <laughs> because um, because you just didn't. You know, I was a child from the 70s. And so was I. body oil was, was the SPF of choice. It was. Uh, any jeans. oil. Any well, oil. Well, yeah, actually, any oh. oil. Yeah, a bit of vegetable oil. Yeah, a bit of olive oil. I, I wouldn't mind, but I'm, I'm now there with my creams daily trying to protect my neck. So anyway, so yeah, that would be my first thing that I'd take back to my 20s. Look after your skin better, Katie. As I've aged, I've got a greater sense of, it's not an inner confidence, but I don't, re I think we've had this conversation before. I am who I am, take it or leave it, right? And I think in my 20s, I was so caught up in being liked by everybody mm. all of the time. And with that, if there's rejection, I took it all very, very yeah, personally. personally. It's like, oh, I'm a bad person. And the reality is n there are going to be some people who don't like you. There are going to yes. be some people who don't like me. They might not gel with me. They might not gel with you. That's okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're not a good person, a nice person, an interesting person. So I think that's what I would take back, yeah, a greater sense of... I am who I you am. You are who you are. And actually, with that, I am who I am. That's something now. This is who I am. What you see is what you get. Back in my 20s, I think I was um, a product of what I should be or could be or what my parents said I should yes. be. All that conditioning yeah. that I grew up with. I and I should wasn't, be getting married by now. I should I be should doing be, this and society. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. And... So that's probably the biggest thing. It's funny because I've got a 16-year-old daughter and um, I'm trying so desperately to impart what I consider wisdom. It may not be wisdom <laughs> for everyone, but impart the wisdom that I've got at, at my age. Yeah. And I just wish that I could grab it all and put it inside her brain and go, yes, your friends are super important, but, you know, if they're horrible then they're not your friends and don't worry about it. And there's we so much it so I would personally, love. Yeah. We just And it hurts and it's so painful. And yeah. Um, and also, like, you're 
you follow the crowd. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's the other thing. It's like, oh, I've just be like, be you. Yeah. Be you truly, authentically. And that individuality, I didn't want to stand out. Yes. I didn't want to be an individual. I wanted to fit in and be like everybody else. Yeah. And it's like, why would any of us? And, yet, and it's so restrictive. I know, but yet when you see someone who is an individual, whether it's their character, their personality, whether they're a bit eccentric, whether it's their clothes they're wearing, whether it's the way they style their hair, we love it. Do you yeah, not think? I, I love I like it. it. I admire people and I go, you look amazing. And yet we're all so frightened to be that person, especially when we're young. And I have thought of one, one final one. I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> taking lots because this is a really good question, is don't hide your music choices. <laughs> right, music. Don't. No, honestly, music is a massive part of my life. I've loved it since I was a child. I grew up in a house where music was played constantly. And yet I hit an age, especially when I went off to university, and people judged you on your, on your music collection <laughs> and what you were playing. And I like a, a wide variety of, of songs and of music and musicians. But I was so fearful of saying, well, I like that and I like that. Because basically I went to university in Manchester in the 90s and you were only allowed to like indie Manchester music and you were only allowed to dance like this. <laughs> and, the, and I'm like... But sometimes I like pop music country. and sometimes I like classical music and sometimes I like a bit of country and sometimes I like a bit of rock music. I like a bit of everything. But I went for years and years and years not admitting this. And now I'm like, no, I am who I am. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So I'm going to go back to my 20s and tell her <laughs> to hide her music choice. So there you go. But yeah. This is what we're trying to do. And funnily enough, because on my Instagram account, I talk a lot about midlife um, because it's something that's um, well we're passionate about that's why we're here today mm. and I actually had a friend of mine say why do you keep banging on about midlife you know that's not a great thing to be banging on about Katie you, you know and, and your Instagram profile you're, you're meant to be a model and a presenter and no one's going to want to employ you if you keep going on about midlife <laughs> and I said that's the very reason <laughs> why I'm going on about it because we and many others want to change the narrative we want to change this midlife crisis. We want to change the midlife spread and whatever other anti-aging and we don't even want to go there again. Um, that's what we want to do about it. It's why we're having these conversations. Yeah, and it's not the actual word, is it? It's the connotation around the word. And I always say this, you know, middle age. I mean, middle age almost sounds worse than mid midlife. Life, yeah. you know, it's like we're midlifers and all this sort of stuff. But it's the connotations yeah. that give it that meaning. And, you know, which is, once again, like you said, we're here because the connotations, the stereotypes, it is so... Negative. Negative. Mm -hmm. And I hope in 10 years or 20 years time, if you say middle age, they're like, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah the, that's the time when I'm going to become myself. I'm going to get rid of these shackles. I'm going to like really embrace who I am. That's why we want to do this is why we want to have this conversation. So, yes. And the word, you're right, you know, midlife crisis. Yeah. 
um, is such a negative word, isn't it? Yeah. The connotations around that for men and women. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, they're going through a midlife crisis. You know, he's got the Ferrari. He's got the and, Ferrari and a young girlfriend. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, whatever she's doing with the tennis coach or whatever she's doing or... You know, I had a tattoo when I turned 50 and it's like, oh, midlife crisis. midlife crisis. You know, it's great having a midlife yeah. crisis. And you just think crisis is a negative word. Yes. And I, the article I wrote about that was we should get rid of that yeah. word completely, eradicate it from the dictionary. And the, I rephrase it as midlife choices because yeah. you're a mid in your life. And you want to make some choices, which goes back to the whole show today, which is about rediscovering or not realigning but rediscovering who you are and who you want to who be. you want to be for that next phase and it should be a positive yeah well um Brené Brown who oh, you introduced favorite. me to she actually has a quote on this which I put on my Instagram only a couple of weeks ago um which was um, a midlife crisis is not a crisis I'm not quoting her word for word by the way I'm paraphrasing it's not a crisis. It's actually an unraveling. And when I first read oh, this, I, love I, went, that. I went, unraveling? Well, that sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm losing the plot and I'm going to start going crazy. That is a bit of a crisis. But then when you read the rest, it's basically, it's unraveling who you felt you've had to be, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. for the last 20 years or so. And actually, it's a time for you to unravel. And then, which is why we're here today, to actually then reinvent, rediscover, re-whatever in the positive who women. Yeah, to. and the unravel un unraveling doesn't have to be negative either. It's just unraveling who you've become. And sometimes, you know, you can still have that real sense of like sense of self or your own sense of agency mm. through your 20s, through your 30s, yes. through your 40s. But through every decade, I think it's about deconstructing it a little bit it's, and then saying, yeah. what have I learned through those, say, 10 years, through those life experiences? Where am I now? And if you talk about careers, people talk about career journeys, don't they, and having it mapped out mm. and you reflect and you, you put out your career path and it's done very positively because you're developing and you're growing and you're... And I think, well, why can't you do that with yes. life? Yeah. Why? I was, yeah, I was about to say, we're talking about like reinvention or whatever. We're not necessarily saying you have to totally reinvent every area of your life. You may look at your life like, um, God, what, do some due diligence on your life. And you might go, my relationship is brilliant. I'm loving it. Okay. No reinventing to do there. Children, love them. Yeah, whatever. Move on. <laughs> da, 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 da. Ah, career or um, how I feel about my looks or whatever area. Mm. It may just be one area that you need to just now, you've got the time maybe to focus a bit more on yeah. that area that maybe you, you've neglected. And it's a, a positive, bit. isn't it? Absolutely, in a positive way. And I think, you know, I'll go back to my 20s or, you know, Libby more in her 20s because she's, she's got her first job and... I, I watch her and I listen to her and I listen to her boyfriend and, you know, a lot of her friends. And they're mapping out, you know, they have dreams and they have ambition and they're mapping out what they want to do and where they want to go. And, and I kind of sometimes feel we get going, you know, like I said, 30, you're making those choices and commitments. 40s is very much about the obligation because we're 
busy, aren't we? Mm -hmm. You know, if you've got a big career or you've got children, marriage mortgage or partnership, and, mortgages, it's yeah. the sort of obligation. And you're so busy managing all of that. It's very, very easy to forget yourself in that process. Mm. Not necessarily consciously, but you're just so Absolutely damn busy. You're on that train yeah. and you're just... So I kind of sort of feel late 40s, maybe early 50s. It is... Do you know what? And I, I, we're going to talk ourselves out with the word reinvention. But it's... Oh, it's really hard. Like a self-discovery, but I think it's a moment of re-evaluation. Reflection. And reflection. Yeah. So reflection, evaluation, and then mapping out, well, what, what do I want for the next yeah. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and doing it positively? Mm. I think it's I quite think it's, exciting. In fact, I was going to say, let's look at it as it's opportunity. Yeah. It absolutely is a time of opportunity. I and that's exciting. And then that is exciting. Because you don't want to just give up and, you know, yeah, that's it. Not. I think, look back to my 20s and it was all about fitting in, pleasing, people's view and opinion of me. That's all I cared about. And the, the part of that was I didn't learn, I think, as I said earlier on in this conversation, that it's okay if somebody doesn't like you or doesn't mm. really gel with you. That's quite normal. So I was so caught up in what people thought of me. Yeah. So wanting to please because then you're a nice person or they would like and they you. Will like me. Or they oh, it's absolutely exhausting because you're you're not living as genuine, your genuine, authentic yeah. self, are you? You're it's almost like a robot. You're car you're like it's so, I look back on that and that is the one thing I'm, I'm glad I've left in my 20s and even into my 30s and even, can I, I think it continues. still a work in progress? Yes, and I think <laughs> I am because I, I was saying, I keep talking about our 20s and 20s, but actually in my 30s, right, first baby comes along and I've got my second baby, then we're moving house and, you know, the kid's going to school and once again, you're so, I was so caught up in how I was perceived and what my value was and oh well that person's child's doing something mm. way more advanced than my child's doing and oh, they've got a really big house and I've got a small house and I think so much of your self-worth and value is caught up in other people what you feel is other people's opinions of you yeah and that eats away at your self-confidence but they're not and always even real opinions they're the no. opinions that we make up in our own head that we think people are thinking about us, but actually they probably haven't even got brain space to think about you. And if they have, they're not living their best life because they're spending too much time worrying about someone else. But, and I really felt it, you know, in my 30s because I was probably one, maybe two full-time working mums in a school where you know, women had made the choice yeah. to be at home, which was, like, amazing and fantastic. And I didn't have that opportunity, and that wasn't my life at that point in time. But I felt yeah. I stood out in such a negative way a because lot, yeah. of it. And the pressure I put on myself because of it, instead of just saying, 
yeah, I've got a career, that's it. Doesn't mm. make me a better mum or a worse mum or, you know, a worse mum is sort of what went through my head. And you always feel you're, it's almost like a sort of subconscious competing. Yeah. And why would we want, you know, know, we create competition with ourselves and then with everybody around us. And it's just, oh, I don't know, it's the energy to, it takes. I have to say, I truly admire anyone who has totally been able to go, I don't give a what's it, what anyone thinks. Yeah. Um, because there's certain areas that I have been able to do that in, but in other areas, no. I'm think, still that person that's going, okay, okay, yes, yeah, all right. I think it is, it is work in progress because as much as I sort of like say, I am who I am, take it or leave it, this is who I am, blah, 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 blah. Of course, you. there are other areas. And I think that goes back to one of our basic human needs, again, is sense of belonging mm -hmm. in a community. Because we're not silos, we're not no, islands. We're not, we have yes. to have, right? Even if you're the most introvert, you still need that network, mm -hmm. that sense of belonging. It makes you feel safe. So... You want to be, so I can see, I don't think you'd ever really, really lose it. But the difference is in my 20s and into my 30s, that is what drove dictated me, dictated your choices my choices yeah. and how I felt. And it robbed me of self confidence I think that's what yeah. it is. It robs you of your confidence and it robs you of your self-worth. And it made the working, that this is a massive conversation, but the career mum, working mum, is a program show in itself. What it did is it made me feel as though I wasn't a good mum. Right. And for any mum to feel that, yeah. and actually most women you speak to, whether they're we working or not, yeah, I was we say. all feel. Yeah. And a really, really good girlfriend of mine, she was the first of our group to have a have a baby. And, and I'm actually um, Joe's godmother. And she said to me, God, think about motherhood, Grace. You feel guilty if you do. You feel guilty if you, if you don't. don't. Actually, you feel permanently guilty. Yeah. So you may as well just ride it out. And I, I was like, God, I don't believe that. I, and then now I'm like, oh, yeah. It's the truth. And, and it's, I think that's the same. You, the, again, there's a quote that I can never quote verbatim. But it, it's like, <laughs> it's like uh, people are going to judge you, whatever you do. So you might as well just do what, what you're you going to do. Exactly. <laughs> because they're going to judge you, whatever. So just do it, whatever. And actually, because I, I was listening, I sent it to you, didn't I? We, I'm definitely going to do a, uh, an article on this and it will be one of the shows on resilience. And I love the topic of resilience. You know, do you learn how to be resilient or does it come naturally as you age and all this sort of stuff? And it was talking about mindset again. But it's through those tough times that you do work through and you do come out of and you come out the other side. Yeah that makes you appreciate and she was saying about um the other part of that is and i think that's the appreciation we have as we age is life isn't always rosy yeah. when i look at my my young girls it's and i was the same i had such like dreams and i mapped it all out and there was there wasn't pain there wasn't loss there wasn't sorrow there wasn't hardship there yeah. wasn't heartbreak heartbreak it's it was also <gasps> and actually when you get into your 40s and 50s and the reality of life it is tough and it's difficult and it's 
painful. It's so bloody painful and devastating at times. But if you didn't have those, you wouldn't appreciate yeah. the good things. The wonderful times. And the then, wonderful times, because yeah. it, it gives you that value. And what this, this TED talk that I sent to you, she was saying, um, like the whole gratitude thing, mm. which I actually do love, because it's easy. Focus on what you yes. have, not on, not what, you don't on have. what you don't have. Yeah, absolutely. Focus on not what you've lost, but what you've gained. Yeah. So I think we become much more mindful, if that makes sense. Mm. And the other thing she talked about is when it's good, enjoy, enjoy it. it. Completely <laughs> enjoy it in the moment, right there, and absorb it. Because of sometime around that corner, it's going to be gone. It's going to be <laughs> gone for a moment. Yeah. So almost wallow in it yeah. and enjoy it. Yeah. It's just a, such an interesting conversation. I just, and I, I know um, in your blog post about the topic that we're discussing tonight, I know you said, why have we got all these like cliches, life begins at 40 and 50 is the new 40 and and that you you can find it irritating. But when, because your blog post then made me like, okay, I'm, I'm going to properly... I ban those around. Life begins at 40, 40 yeah. would be my best years. Da, 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 50 da, da. is the new 30. Yeah, all that. <laughs> and, but then I it's thought, not. I thought about it and I went, I actually quite like those um, things because they're positive, aren't they? Because they're positive. Mm. And again, hearing people talk like that woman on the TED talk, um, hearing those phrases, they're all exercising that positive muscle. Absolutely. So whether they're a bit of a cliche, I know we shouldn't have to need them because we should go, whoa, I'm heading towards 40. It's going to be the best years ever. You know, and I hope it, that with time, people will start to change that mindset. But in the meantime, anything that helps me to just exercise that positive muscle, life begins at 40, 50s, new 30, whatever it is. Yeah, I'm, because I'm it's... Gonna help. I'm going to use it. Yeah, and why wouldn't you? You know, why, you know, why wouldn't you if it gives you that boost? Mm. And in the article, I love, and I can't remember who said it now. I'm oh, pause. But you talk or, and I will try to remember. Because I can't I remember who said it. It was his name. I do know his um, name. 40 is the old age of youth. Mm -hmm. Victor Hugo. Victor That's Hugo, thank yes. you. Yes. You're reading it, aren't you? <laughs> I just this like menopause and I was like who is it again yes. 40 is the old age of youth and 50, 50 is, is the, the youth, youth of, of old age, age. Yeah. so I'm technically then youthful yeah. and you're old I'm older I'm you're old, old. <laughs> so you're older than me uh, perfect uh, but I love that yeah. I, lo it's I really just, like that I did like that, that 50 is the youth of old age and why would you not use positive I know they're a bit cliche yeah. don't they everything's a cliche but we have cliches because they have a they have some truth to them, and if they're positive, and they give you. So what do you want to go? Yeah, I'm fifty and over the hill. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what a which horrible! One would you it's down here yeah. for downhill from here. Yeah, thanks. And can I? I, 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 I used to write for a wedding blog, and it was beautiful. And I actually got married for the second time when I was forty. Forty, and I remember saying to the makeup artist. Right, I want you to make me look amazing because I'm going to be 40 and it's going to be downhill from 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 there out. And this will be the last. Basically, I was sort of saying this will be the last day where I'm going to look good and it's all going to go down there. 
And I, I've, I've kicked myself, because I, I wrote this in the wedding blog, I kicked myself so much after that for, for actually saying that out loud to someone. And I'm so glad that in the following eight years, I've changed my mindset so much to adopt this positive mindset to getting older. And 40-year-old me slap. But the reason why we say things like that is because there is so much negativity negative connotations, negative rhetoric around middle age. Mm. It is a dirty word. Yeah. You know, it's, you're not beautiful, you're not vital, you're not relevant. It's so, that's sort of, I've said this before, you know, we live in an ageist society and, and you, age doesn't have real value, which mm. is the whole pro-age, not anti-age, and the whole pro-age movement. We need to change that. And actually, I've just started scoping out an article because ne- this month, I was going to say next month, this month, I'm going to be 55. And I was really, because th- you can tell I sort of, I think about, I get a bit intense, I'm quite a deep thinker. Um, and I was like 55. And some of the feelings it was evoking in me was actually quite negative. Right. I'm like, oh, but, 55, but I'm a pro-age I'm, warrior. I'm a pro- <laughs> but it was interesting. So I can be pro-age. It's like work yes. in progress, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. But I was like, 55 sounds so much older than 50. 50. Whereas before, yeah, I've just turned 50. Well, actually, it's... And don't I look good for, but, for just turning yeah, 50? Yeah, but <laughs> I've never really said that. But anyway, but um, I don't know. It's just so... There's, and I'm like, why am I thinking like that? And that idea of when I'm not going to be attractive, that's it, 55, I'm no longer attractive. Or mm. All those feelings come from yeah. somewhere and it comes from all the conditioning. It comes from, we've talked about this before, you know, not having, you know, mature models, models. in yeah. ad campaigns, even for products that are aimed at that market. Oh, absolutely. Or, you know, actresses not getting the part to play their age, which is actually a really good friend of mine's an actress, and she went to audition to play a middle-aged woman, and they came back and said, oh, no, and it went to, old. like, a 35-year-old. It's like, And also, because I, um, there was a Harper's, Harper's Bazaar column um, article, it actually went out in April, um, and it was... This was the first year that Hollywood at the Oscars embraced older ladies. Mm. However, if you look at the statistic facts on casting, so like say you've got a 55-year-old actor, he will always be cast with someone in their 30s, not someone in the... Or even, like realistically, someone early 50s. She will be considered too old to Mm. be cast alongside her male partner, even though in real life, let's be realistic... We're, Absolutely. We're nor- I'm average. We're normally within five years of each other, aren't we? Yeah. In Hollywood, no. There's 15 mm. years plus. So you wonder why we have yeah. this negative feeling exactly. about ageing. <laughs> and that is what I'm trying to do with my teenagers. You know, I'm trying to show them, um, you know, leading by example. But if I can't lead by example, by at least sharing that this is not... They you see, never worry about we, getting older. We are Good role models, though, because I think I talked about this in one of the earlier shows that we're sort of much more blended. You know, so I take my teenage girls and then obviously Libs is 22, but we're much more blended Mm. in how we live our lives. Like we like the same movies. We like the same music. And clothes. We buy the same clothes. So that, you know, we like, I don't know, There's we're much closer, whereas with my... 
with, in my mother's generation or with my mother, it was like she was this in her little box yeah. and I was here in that box. Yeah. Whereas now, and actually not last weekend, the weekend before my 22-year-old had her 21st and it was the first big event since lockdown and she had like a hundred of her closest friends. And, you know, I was A hundred close friends. No, but, you know, for, for <laughs> no, all aspects uh, from I, her life, like her closest... Yeah, you know what it's like when you're I that know. age. She had her Leeds Uni crowd. Yeah. She had her school crowd. She had, you know, the boys from the local, you know, that she went to school with, all the way down to some of them that she was there. Yeah. She went to school with when she was four. And it was, a, it was amazing just to see all these young people out free. I was up till 3.30, dancing yeah. and... I would, my mother yes. would not. She'd be yeah. like, it's 12 o'clock and I'm going to bed. And, you know, and it was just, it was just blended. I don't know. Yeah, it's no, like know our conversations, just very, very different. So I think hopefully their view of middle yes, age is not the view yeah, yeah. that and we had growing up. the generation above. It's, uh, I totally agree. And just before we finish, um, this was a conversation from the hairdressers earlier. And he w went out um, with a group of his friends and some of his friends have got early 20s children. And he said, and they, they came out this one evening, they'd, all, they'd, they'd went to a pub, then they went for a Chinese meal, then they went back to a pub. And he said, I found that I was the one that kept saying, look, if you wanna go off and you know do, do what you wanna do, that's fine. And they were like, no, we're having a great time. You know, yeah. there, there was, um, you know, a bunch of 30, 40 and 50 year old people out and some of their children came and it just worked in the way that previous generations probably wouldn't yeah, have done. I wouldn't have been seen dead. I think as well, it's where, I think it's relevance. So when I talk to like the girls and their friends, the conversation we're having has some relevance to it. So they might be, t whereas... You know, they might be talking about music or fashion or I like to be relevant. I yeah. like to know what's yeah. going on. I want to understand their sort of music. I like their music. So we can have conversations and there are much, not better, but open lines of communication. Whereas the communication with my parents was very one directional and it was very, you do this, yes. you don't do this. You can't do this. You can't do that. And I... With my girls, I try to explore yeah. and I try to listen and I want to understand. And, you know, we've had a lot of very big open conversations, which I would never, yeah, ever same. have had. Yeah, it's the same with me. With my, my parents, mm. you know, and then, you know, we like the same movies or yeah. humour or I don't know. It's just I think we're just more blended. Yeah. And even if there's things that I really can't get my head around, my daughter's into this streaming thing at the moment, I've actually said, talk to me about it because I don't want to be so left out. You know, I want to stay have, in touch. Be able to have that yeah. conversation. Yeah. So there we go. So what do we, how do we sum up then? This can be a very, very exciting time. Personally, I believe. However mindset plays a very important part yeah and a belief that it's not downhill Absolutely. from here ban yourself there from are mountains that. and peaks that we can climb yes Absolutely. And on that note, thank you, everybody, for watching and tuning in again. Sean, you did a brilliant job with all of those 
comments and absolutely loved having you all here and we will see you this time next week. See you then. Thank you for listening to Aging with Grace, mostly disgracefully, with me, Grace Fodor. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, leave a review, or let us know what other topics you're interested in. See below for all our social media links. And make sure to follow us to stay updated, and if you'd like to be part of our live conversation next time. If you want to hear more, check out our other episodes, and I'll see you very soon. Bye.